You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. I have a little assignment before me this morning. It's a bit of challenge to me, but I'm trusting God because it's his assignment. Praise the Lord. I would like us to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, from 19 to 21. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither move nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be will be also. Praise the Lord. At the beginning of this year, it's traditional for most churches that the general overseer will come up with a particular word for that year. He may say it is the year of bountiful harvest. He may say it is the year of breakthrough. He may say it is the year of this and that. But in this assembly, what was given to us is the whole of the world any specific one? Why? Because the Bible made us to understand that all things are ours. Because God has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. It is not just one thing out of the package that God has given to us. And that was the reason why the man of God said, the secret this year is to believe God's word. Because we depend on it. said, the word or the season of a man comes the moment he receives the word. Praise the Lord. So in every area of our lives, everything that God has prepared for us is there for us this year by the grace of God. So, and we are going to stand on the word of God. So this morning, we want to consider laying treasures in heaven. Just as you have seen it in the passage that we have just read. The Holy Spirit is admonishing us. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. What are treasures? Treasures are things that are of very much value to us, that are being kept for future use. So we should not lay treasures for ourselves on earth. Because here, he said, move, rust, thieves can happen to them. They can get spoiled. They can get outdated and become useless. We should not lay treasure. Why? Because here we are just passing by. We are pilgrims. We are in transit on this earth. We are not here to stay forever. Praise the Lord. And that is the reason why everything that has been given to us here, they are seeds in our hands. They are weapons. 
their equipment for us to venture with. And we are going to give account or we are going ahead to meet whatsoever we have worked for or we have labored for on earth. I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So just as I said, we are considering laying treasures in heaven. And I would like us to read also Revelation chapter 3 from 14 to 19 to see the perspective of God concerning the things that he has given to us here. It says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you are cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. We are going to 19. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyes half, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke, and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ sent messages to seven churches, and this is one of them. And uh, the part here is that this church, they are very rich people. It was a church of very rich people. They had money, if it is money. They have silver and gold. They have different kinds of precious things that the earth or the world can offer. Praise the Lord. But from the perspective of God, he said they are wretched. He said they are poor. According to the heaven's record. He said they are wretched. He said they are poor. He said they better come to buy from him. Gold. Praise the Lord. People that are wretched, that lack, he said they should come and buy. How does he tally? How do we relate these things? Praise the Lord. It is because everything that has been given to us on earth, they are equipments. They are working equipment. They are tools. They are things that we have here so that we use and trade with and then we are making, we are laying treasures. The rewards are going ahead of us. Praise the Lord. Because of time, I would like to go on. In Christendom, there are different things that we do, different things. In fact, the whole of our lives is about laying treasures in heaven. But specifically, we talk about tithe, we talk about offerings, we talk about different kinds of things that we involve in. In this church, there's not too much emphasis on the issue of tithe, giving, offering, seeding, and other things like that. It's not because the church do not want money. Praise the Lord. But we expect everyone to have the understanding of the word of God and follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. But this morning, we want to talk about them. We don't want to shy away from it. And I want to start with tithe, tithing. 
Let's check the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, where Titan began. Leviticus 27, 30. It says, And all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Praise the Lord. The time that this word came out in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, the people were predominantly farmers. Okay? And everything that God has bestowed unto them, their wealth comes from the farm. And that is the reason why he told them. He said, all the tithes of the land, whether of seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Up to today, every tithe belongs to the Lord. Everything that you are receiving, everything that I'm receiving, the tithe of it, the at least the tithe of it belongs to the Lord. This is what this one is telling us. But in the book of Malachi, let's see Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. Life continues like that, but it got to a point where we saw where God was talking to the people like this. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Let's go on. Say, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God is using a tithe to bring abundance upon the sons of men. Praise the Lord. But why did this call come out? They have been given the instruction that every tithe belongs to God. But at this time in Malachi, the people have abandoned paying tithes and the Levites. The Levites are the part of the children of Israel who they did not apportion any land to. And they allotted land to every tribe, all the other 11 tribes. But the Levites were not given any land. Their own responsibility is to take care of the house of the Lord. And God permit them to eat out of the tithes or from the tithes. At this time, the people were no more paying tithes. And uh, the Levites had to go out and walk, abandoning the work of the Lord. This is not the design of God. This was not the plan of God. And then he accused them with those words. They were strong words. He said, you are cursed with a curse. Every time we go against the word of God, we are going against the tithes. We are kicking against the goats. It's very simple. Obedience is very important to God. Obedience to the word of God. He has commanded that we should pay tithe. There's no controversy about it. There are a lot of people who have gone far ahead, who are sitting with you in this church. A lot of people have gone beyond tithe. Some people are paying 20%. Some people are paying 50%. Some people are paying 90%. But we are talking about the minimum this morning. Have you started it? You are not doing it for the Father's church. If you are doing it, you are not doing it for Pastor Iken or KK, nor Momichi or any of the church workers. You are doing it for yourself. If you do it, you are doing yourself good. Why? Because with it, you are laying treasures in heaven. And you are using it to draw more. 
praise the Lord. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, the Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Praise the Lord. We are still talking about laying treasures in heaven and the benefits of giving. One thing that I want us to note is that though we are focusing on laying treasures in heaven, but most of these things attract blessings right from here on earth. Just as we are talking about the gift of eternal life that we have received, when we received the Lord Jesus Christ, eternal life begins immediately and it continues throughout eternity. Praise the Lord. The same way, if you do these things, we receive the blessings that are immediate according to the promise of God. But the one that is most important is the one that we send ahead of us. Praise the Lord. So that our record will not be empty. So that our account will not be empty in heaven. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So storing up treasure in heaven is not limited to tithing, but it is accomplished by all acts of obedience to God. Every act of obedience to God. The word of God that we are receiving every day. How much of it are we obeying? How much of it are we practicing? If you practice this and we overcome in that area, it is recorded. Positive thing is recorded for us. If we fail in any area, something negative is recorded. And the Lord have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Our intention should always be to seek the fulfillment of God's purposes in all we do. Not merely what we do with our money, but what we do with our life. I was happy when in the worship we sang that song that says, I am your sacrifice. I am your worship. Everything we do with our lives, God cares about it. Because we are the sheep of his pasture. Because we belong to him. We are here for him. Not for ourselves. Praise the Lord. May God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So when we give, we must remember that the blessings God promises are not always material and may not be experienced completely here on earth, but we will certainly receive them in our future life. So it is very, very important. Tight is compulsory and it is just the minimum. As the Lord bless you more and as the Holy Spirit bid you do, Make sure you respond to him for your own benefit and for my own benefit too. The second one is offering. Let's see the book of Genesis chapter 4 verse 5. Let's see a little about the story of Cain and Abel. He said, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Okay? We know the story. And we said, we read that Cain and Abel offered the offered offerings to the Lord. In the Old Testament, the offerings were physical things. Praise the Lord. Most of the things that we do in this New Testament times are spiritual. Even if this one that remain as physical ones, they are mostly spiritual because God is spirit. We cannot see him. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And during that time, Cain offered and Abel offered. But we are made to understand that God did not smile on the offering of Cain. 
he accepted the offering of Abel. Why? Because of the attitude. Because of the motive. Because God sees beyond what we are seeing. If you give me something, no matter what, I owe you appreciation. But there are a lot of things that we have brought to the altar of God that are not acceptable to him for many reasons. Praise the Lord. Because God sees the intention of our heart. The Bible made us understand that he said the word of God. He said it's like a two-edged sword. He said, and it is piercing even to the dividing asunder of the spirit and the soul. He said it is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. God can discern our thoughts while we are still standing without dissecting us. God knows the intents of our hearts. Whatever we are doing, anything we are presenting before God, it must be with good intents. God is looking at our hearts. That is the real altar. It is not this physical altar. God is looking at the altar of our hearts. Is it desecrated with different kinds of evil thoughts or negativities? God is checking. We will still see and confirm them from the word of God. Let's see Leviticus chapter 1 verse 10. It says, If his offering is of the flocks, of the sheep, or of the goats, as a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring a male without blemish. If his offering is of the flocks, of the sheep, or of the goats, as a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring a male without blemish. The part that I want to concentrate on is that one that says, without blemish. When anybody is presenting anything before God in those days, you cannot bring an animal that has crocro on the body, or that is lame, or that is deficient in any way. In fact, they will take it to the Levites, they will examine the animal very closely, very, very closely. If there's any kind of disease, God cannot accept it. There are a lot of details in the Old Testament concerning what you take to God. You don't take anything, anyhow, to God. He checks our attitude. He checks the quality of the offering. He checks our hearts. If we present anything to God that is, that is not with the right attitude, God will not accept it. What we are talking about is that we may drop it. Because when it is offering time, everybody will file out. And we drop our offering. But God is checking. He's looking at every one of us. He's checking our hearts. What is going on in your heart? Let's see what happened in the book of Luke 21, verses 1 to 4. It says, And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. Two mites is just like saying other people are dropping notes notes in naira or dollars but this person came with coins coin is a lower denomination okay so this widow dropped only two mites so he said truly i say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all for all these out of the abundance have put in offerings for god but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had Praise the Lord. What is this one suggesting? It means God is checking what remains, where we are bringing it from. What proportion are we offering to God? If two of us are standing by and my own income per month 
is 20,000 naira. And the other person's income is 2 million naira per month. If the two of us drop 1,000 naira, God knows the proportion that we have brought. Praise the Lord. That is what this one is suggesting. He said she dropped everything that is her livelihood. So, according to heaven's record, she has dropped in more than all those people that drop higher denomination than her at that particular day. So, we should check the perspective with which God is judging what we are giving, our services, our behavior, our intentions. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. There's one attitude in the book of First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 22 to 24. There's an attitude that David put up there. Said, then David said to Onan, grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Go on. But Onan said to David, Take it to yourself, and let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give, I give it all. Then King David said to Onan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the lord nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. Do we observe what is going on there? What was going on was that there was plague in the land and there's need to offer sacrifices to appease the Lord and the king was ready to do this sacrifice. The location for that uh, altar was the place where another person's threshing floor and he need to relinquish it for this sacrifice. And then the man, owner, was ready to release it free of charge. He said even the threshing instruments, the king do not need to go and buy firewood for the burnt offering. He should take all his threshing instruments. He was ready to release everything. And he supplied everything. But David said, no, I cannot do that. I will buy this threshing floor from you for the full price of it. And I, will, and I will not accept free materials from you to offer offerings to my God. I will do something that will cost me something. Praise the Lord. The service of God is costly. And we are expected to pay or to bear the cost. Praise the Lord. The cost that we are bearing is putting something down for us in heaven. It is not ending here where we come to meet every Sunday, every Wednesday, or for meetings. This is not where it ends. And individually, every one of us, you are not following other people to come. When you come to church, you do not come to do the members of the Father's church favor or the person that invited you. You have not come here to do anybody favor. You have come to do yourself a favor. Praise the Lord. We come at times, it costs us a lot. It costs us energy. It costs us money. It costs us different kinds of things. Yes, they are worth it. We should give them. Because a record, everything is being taken note of. Everything we are doing, God is taking note of all. What did God say about David? He said, a man after my own heart. Because he always touched 
the heart of God with all his undertakings, everything about his life. Praise the Lord. May God continue to help us in the name of Jesus Christ. We are talking about laying treasures in heaven and pleasing God. This is the message that we heard on Wednesday. The will of God, the plan of God, the process of it. We need to follow it meticulously so that we have the expected result. I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's see also the book of uh, Malachi chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. He said, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. An offering in righteousness. Our offering should be in righteousness. Everything that we are presenting to God must be in righteousness. Let's also see the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. He said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way first, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. What is this one telling us? God is not hungry for what we are bringing to him. He's not desperate to receive something from us. Those things that we are bringing, it is for our own good. He says, if you are bringing your offering or your tithe or your free will offering or whatever is in your vow that you are bringing before the Lord, and you now remember, because the Holy Spirit is always there, you always nudge us, that you remember that person you had quarrel with, that you have misunderstanding with. He said, leave your altar first. Maybe you pocket it first. Go back. Go and reconcile with your brother. Before you now come back, after you have settled with him or her, and you are now in good terms, then you now come and present your offering. Because God is not looking at that offering per se. He's concerned about the state of your heart. And he's concerned about your relationship with others. How much offerings have been wasted at the altar of the Lord. When we come here and we bring offerings, when we hold grudge with other people, when we are angry with others, when we have offended a lot of people, and we are bringing offerings before the Lord. The Father's church do not know, does not concern us. We will receive it, we use it as the Lord help us. But what is recorded in your account in heaven, that is what we are talking about this morning. If they are supposed to record 1,000 naira for your offering today, have they considered it as a blemish, as an insult? And instead of writing plus 1,000, they have written minus 10,000. Why? Because of your relationship with that person that you have refused to take care of and you are coming dancing before the altar. God is not mocked. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. God evaluates both our motives and the quality of what we offer to him. When we give God and others, we should have a joyful heart because of what we are able to give at that particular point in time. We should do it with joy. We should joyfully give to God our best in time, in money, in possessions, and talents. Every of the things that God has equipped us with, they are equipment. They are investments in our lives. We are supposed to make returns. We are supposed to be sending returns home. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Then, 2 Corinthians 
9, 6 to 15. We are still talking about the attitude of giving. Second Corinthians 9, yes. He said, But this I say, he who sows sparingly, we also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully, we also reap bountifully. Go on. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Give as you propose in your heart, not because you see that another person is doing this. Ah, you now said, ah, we are mates now. Because of that, don't base it on the way what you have proposed in your heart. The one that comes from your heart is what God is recording. Let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Grudgingly means I don't even know what they are using the money for. Just take it and get out. So just leave me and let me rest. That's grudgingly or of necessity. That is as if it is by force. It is not by force. It should come from your heart. Say, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is, is looking how cheerful we are when we are presenting offering before him. Only God knows which of these things makes Cain's offering to be unacceptable. The manner of presentation. He did not tell us that the quality of his farm produce was so bad. But what he brought, we don't know whether it had blemish. We don't know the kind of the state of his heart. Maybe he has been nursing the grudge of killing his brother before he did the offering. Only God knows. God is checking your life. God is checking your heart. And he's seeing my heart as you are coming before him. And he said, if you have done it the right way. He said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. We may be considering that, oh, from this little, must I bring out of this little? If I bring it now, what will my family eat? What will I use to uh, this next week and other things? He said, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. We have come back to the good work that we have been talking about since the time of MSG conference. The word of God is one. Praise the Lord. We have all these things as equipments for good works. Because this is the plan of God. This is the purpose of God. He has planned it and he expects us to continue to work in this plan of his. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, we are talking about the quality of our offerings. So that at the end of the day, we will not think we have served God so much. And then we now get to heaven and we see others who are enjoying, who have abundance. And we do not have any. Others are living in mansions. And we are living like paupers when we get to heaven. The journey do not end here. Check what you are doing and the way you are doing it. Let's see what the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 to 15 says. It says, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. What is the foundation that Apostle Paul has laid? He's talking about Jesus Christ. The foundation is Jesus Christ. The first thing for every one of us, I'm not talking to unbelievers this morning, I'm talking to believers. Praise the Lord. And the baseline for every one of us is that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That is the foundation. But we are expected to build on it. Let's read on. He said, for 
no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day we declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet, so as through fire, we have been reading this passage over and over again. But this one is talking about what we have laid ahead. Those things that we have sent ahead are they of good quality. I dropped 20,000 naira. The other person dropped 20,000 naira. And what they recorded, the other one person's 20,000 naira as gold. And they recorded for the other person as trouble or hay. And they will use fire to test the two works at the end of the day. What kind of attitude? What kind of heart? What is the source of the income that are bringing to the presence of the Lord? Is your income desecrating the altar of the Lord? Or your income is contributing to the joy of the Lord? Is, is it giving God delight? Praise the Lord. A lot of things we bring to the presence of God because of his source. Because of the attitude of on the state of our heart. Are bringing down. Is drawing back the hand of the clock in the work of God. Because of the quality. God cares about what we bring. And at the end of the day. So that your work will not be born by fire. You see straw, you see hay, you see wood, they are fuel. Yes. If they put fire, they burn. And the end result is ashes. Nothing. That is emptiness. But if it is silver, if it is gold, even when they are tried in fire, the beauty will come out more. Check what you are contributing to the work of the Lord. God cares about our contributions. What is the quality? What is the source? Where are you bringing it from? The book of Jeremiah, he wonders. He said like a partridge who sits on egg that he has not laid. He said so is a man. He said that gather riches that are not his. He said the person will leave it at the middle of his life and at the end of the day he will become a fool. Even if you do not leave it at the middle of his age, if he gets to the end, the means will still be checked. It will still reflect on the work. Let's be careful what we are contributing. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. The work of the Lord requires a lot, but it is not anyhow lot that God is expecting. God is expecting things that will count for eternity from every one of us. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We are talking about sacrifices, and the sacrifices, uh, things like animals has ended since the time that the Lord Jesus Christ has come. Because it is the one and for us sacrifice that has been made for us. But it does not mean that sacrifices has ended. Because this work is spiritual. Let's see the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. To see the current sacrifices that God is accepting from us now. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. They have been telling us that the good works are very important. That we should engage in good works. But they did not say we should just do one and stop. 
But he said we should do it continuously. As you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You have been ministering and you continue to minister. You are not stopping it. Because we cannot stop until we have finished our race here. Praise the Lord. So, God will not forget our labor of love. The things that you are doing in church, it seems as if you are not recognized. Even if man is not recognizing you, God recognizes what you are doing. A record is being kept in heaven. You are not doing it in vain. May the Lord continue to help us in Jesus' name. Hebrews 13, 15 to 16. We offer sacrifices today too. We are just finished doing some. He says, therefore by him, by the Lord Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise the Lord. 16. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Praise the Lord. We offer sacrifices of praise. God accepts it. Let's always do it joyfully. It's acceptable and it's been recorded for us. Yes, God recognizes it. In fact, we said what God is, is our praises. Praise the Lord. Yes, if we say it like that, it's figuratively correct. Praise the Lord. It's been recorded. He said, but we should add some other ones. Sacrifices of sharing with others. It sends a lot of reward for us home ahead of time. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. If you can give me that one in AMPC. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, that is steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, or excelling, or doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. There is a record for everything that you are doing. God is not forgetting your labor of love. You come to choir meeting, you spend a lot, you go home tired, God is recording it. You come, you do austere work, you do this or you do that. God is recording it. We will see it when we get there. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. He said, God do not owe anybody anything. He will not owe anybody anything. But let's check what the book of Proverbs chapter 21 verse 27 says. He said, the sacrifices of the wicked is an abomination. It's sacrifice, so It's costing the person something. But this person is a wicked person. He said, it's abomination. That's why it is dangerous when some people will open their, their, their door to some people that just come from outside just because they recognize them, just because of their money not caring about their soul. Praise the Lord. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? When the money comes, money is physical. We collect it, we spend it. Maybe we buy microphones and speakers and we, or we build a house. But nothing is being recorded. It's recorded against the giver. And even if the church is not careful, it can be charged against the leaders. May God have mercy on us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, we should be careful. This morning, that song that we sang, let's read Romans 12, 1 to 2. We should also present ourselves as living sacrifices. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, 
by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Look at those levels of testing. Good. After they have ascertained that it is good, they will take it to another stage. Is it acceptable? After it is acceptable, is it the perfect will of God? It will pass through all those stages. God do not just accept any how offering. What kind of offering are you? What kind of sacrifice are you? What kind of sacrifice am I? This morning we just sang that song, beautiful song. Today, I do not come just with just a song to offer to you. They say if you offer the calves or the lambs of our lips, it is acceptable to God. But the songwriter says, no, I do not just come to offer you song today. I offer myself. I am your sacrifice. Then what kind of sacrifice are you? What kind of sacrifice am I? It's a two-edged sword. He said we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That means in everything that we are doing, our decision, our actions, our reaction and inactions, we should check, is what I'm doing fulfilling the purpose of God? Am I doing what is acceptable before God? Am I doing His perfect will? Is my life where I am? The business that I'm transacting? In my relationship with my neighbors? Whatever I am doing, is it acceptable before God? Am I glorifying God? Am I pleasing Him? May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Vows. It is part of those things that we do in Christendom. People do vow. Yes, you can vow. Just like uh, Anna vowed before the Lord. said, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. So that I will meet your need in the temple. Vows. God accepts it. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. But the challenge here is that at times when we vow, because vows is something that is just personal between you and God. You are the one that talks to God. There are some people, when it got after Anna has given birth to the child, they will change their mind. The only boy that I have, why will I send him away to one old man that I do not know how he can take care of a child? Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? This is a question, a rhetorical question from the psalmist. Who is qualified to climb the hill of the Lord? Who is qualified to come before the presence of God as you are sitting down this morning? Who is qualified to go to the closet and pray and make requests from God? He said, or who may stand in his holy place? We are still talking about the same thing. Who can stand before God and say, I'm making decree. I'm petitioning God. Who is qualified to do that? He said, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Okay? He says, such a person shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. The person will receive what? Blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. What will he really gain that made us qualified, that made us different from other people outside? We receive righteousness, the cloth of righteousness. The Lord just has removed it from himself 
he put it on us. He took on our own sinful garment and he put it on and he was condemned with it in our place. He said, if we walk, if we live our lives with clean hands, with pure heart, we will have the right to stand before the Lord. We have righteousness. We'll be able to stand with righteousness before God. And it is only the prayer of the righteous that the Lord listens to. Why have we been crying? And it seems as if God's ear is deaf. Praise the Lord. Check your hearts. As I'm checking my own, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 4 to 7. When you make a vow, do not delay to pay it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Look at the language that is used there. Nobody push you to vow. They don't force you to vow. It is between you and you and God. And then when it is time to pay it, you have prayed if this contract should click, God, I promise to do this, I promise to do that. When the money comes, you see the figure. It's turning you in the eye. I, why will I take this kind of amount and go and give it to a church? For what reason? And then you begin to argue in your heart. He says, for he has no pleasure in fools. You are not vowing to man. You are vowing to God. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? Vow is something that can add positively to our account in heaven. But it is also very dangerous if we are not careful the way we handle it. Because it can destroy the work of our hands. The work of your hands will not be destroyed in Jesus' name. Pay your vows. Giving to servants of God. Yes, it is part of what we do. Wonderful people have been doing it. But we have also been encouraged that we should continue to do it. Let's see what the word of God has said about it. Romans 15 verse 27. It says, it pleased them indeed that they are are debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. This is talking when the disciples, when they are going out, when people go out to minister. People that are ministering spiritual things to you. You owe them responsibility of ministering material things to them. This is what the word of God is saying. Let's also see what it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 11 to 12. It says, if we have sown spiritual things for you. Is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. What this one is saying is that you may look at Pastor Ekin Okeke's car and think, oh, his car is more beautiful than my own. It's very comfortable. Say you are changing yourself if you are not ministering to him. Because he labors for your soul. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, he brings the word of God, the word of life to us. And the Bible says he sustains all things by the word of his power. It is through these words that we are sustained. And it's connecting it to how it applies to our lives connecting us to God and refreshing it and refreshing it every day. If he's laboring in this way, he deserves that we minister to him. 
from our own material things. This one is out of tight. Praise the Lord. He's talking about out of the remaining. Don't say, I've paid my tithe. He has been taken care of. He's doing that work. What the word of God is telling us that he deserves it. Those who minister spiritually to you, they deserve being ministered to materially by you. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Sowing seed is biblical. Yes, the Father's Church, we are supposed to be practicing it. And it attracts a lot of reward. In the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Seed time and harvest will always continue to come. Say, so while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That means the cycle will continue to come. It will continue to pass by you. Opportunities to sow. If this year the rain falls and the land is there, I refuse to till the land. I refuse to, to make any ridges. I do not do anything. I do not put any seed in the ground. That season will go. And there will not be any harvest. Praise the Lord. Opportunities are always there. There are a lot of opportunities sitting with you here this morning. The lives of people that you can sow into. Because the Holy Spirit nudges you. Or because you just consider that this person needs help. God appreciates it. Let's look at it. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 7 to 10. I want us to check. There are a lot of things that we can sow. We can sow prayer. We can sow kindness. We can sow love. We can sow money. We can sow mercy. A lot of things that we can sow. He said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. What this one means, whatsoever, when you share with others, out of your hard-end money or material things, if you share, you will receive that type too. God will multiply it back. If you sow a suit, it may not come in suit, but God knows what you need, how you have met the need of the other person, and then it will come to meet your own needs too. You sow money, money may not be your problem, but there may be some other things that have concerned to you, the way you have met the need of the other person. Because you are sown into the life of that person. God is coming for you too at your own time. Sowing, sowing seed is very, very important. But we are being made to understand that it's not only good things that we sow. We sow bad things too. Say, whosoever who wants friends should be friendly. If you are not friendly with people and we expect people to be friendly with you. We are talking about Friendship Sunday today. Some people will be complaining in that church. They will just be going. They will not look at somebody. I've been coming to that church. Nobody will greet me. How many people have you greeted? How many people do you greet whenever you come to church? Look at everybody that is here. Even the one that God has used to establish the church or to start or to begin the church. Must he step down from the altar and come and shake your hands? Why don't you show what you are looking for into the life of others and see whether they will reciprocate or not? If you see me and you smile, whether I like it or not, even if I'm feeling pains, I will be forced to reciprocate. If you see me and you respect me, even in the world, it's written in their book in the world that respect is what? Reciprocal. Whatsoever a man sow, that shall he reap. You do not need to wait for anybody to come and begin to nudge us or to force us to do anything. Whatever we want from life, let's throw such. 
Let's do so because life is still throw it back to us. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. God is checking everything. Let's see what Psalm 126 says. Because sowing is not always that palatable. If you look at farmers, when they are sowing, what they are putting in the ground is what can be eaten. They are sowing yam. What they are putting in the ground is what they can peel and use for pounded yam. Praise the Lord. So, but they are putting it in the ground because they want it to be multiplied back to them. Psalm 126 verse 5. Okay. He said, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Then the next one. Verse 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What are sheaves? That means the hairs, a bountiful harvest. That is the harvest. After it has been multiplied back. Let's use corn as a sample. You plant a grain of corn. It will bring out a cob. That is multiplied by what? I don't know. Hypergeometric distribution. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, he said, if we sow, whenever we are sowing, it is not easy. Yorubas have one adage. They say, Yorubas have one adage. That means, Money, bringing out money or giving out money is just like the hair that is growing in your nose that you want to pull out. It's not easy because that place is very sensitive and difficult to reach. Praise the Lord. So that's exactly how it is. For anybody that gives out, God appreciates it. You give it out. God appreciates it. The same thing for alms and free will offerings. We meet people outside who need help. Acts 10, 1 to 6. Let's see something profound. In the book of Acts chapter 10, from verse 1. They said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A high-ranking officer in the army, I, I guess. He said a devout man. Let's see the, from this verse 2 now. The CV. He said he's a devout man. And one who fears God with all his household. Who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and said, saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, Send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Praise the Lord. This is a person who is not a Christian. He did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not saved yet. But he was doing all these things that we are talking about. There are a lot of people that are doing these kind of things better than us. Better than Christians. Other people of other religions, they are doing it better than us. They are like Cornelius. The Bible says, the offering, the almsgiving, the kindness, the kind of love, and the prayer of this person have been appearing before God for a memorial. But I don't think they have opened any account. They did not open any account where you'll be recording it. All those things are just there. They are wasting 
And God had to send somebody from heaven to Cornelius on earth to describe the house of a preacher who will take the gospel to him so that an account will be opened for him in heaven where all those things that he had been laboring for will be recorded so that when he gets back, he will be able to enjoy them. All those labor will have just been waste. They are quality things that they have been sending ahead. And God recognizes them. God appreciates them. They are precious things. He, a lot of people have smiled home whom God has helped through him. They have been sending praises to God on behalf of what Cornelius has been doing. And God has been happy. But God is sad for Cornelius. Why? Because he was not a Christian. He did not know Christ. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Cornelius was outside the kingdom of God. Nothing connecting him with the rewards of all those good work that he had been doing. God had to help him. So, if you love those people around you that are Muslims, that have been giving so much, preach the gospel to them. God will not send any angel to anybody again. Oh, sorry. God has been sending angels to many people. Don't let me begin to blow what is not right here. Because a lot of them have testified that they saw lights, they saw this, they saw this, and they have been coming to Christ. But God is depending on you and I to take the gospel to them. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. All these things we are doing, it works for every human. The only thing, the only advantage that we have is that we are going to meet them at the other end. If they have done it, they are doing it, it's a waste. It's a waste. God, there's nothing that is connecting them to God. They are not spending eternity in the right place. May God have mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. So giving to poor and the needy. It's also very, very important. Proverbs 19, 17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. You can check. He who has mess, who have pity, you just pity him. And then you do what? You dip your hand. Pity is not, does not end on just pity and say, oh, sorry. Right, and there you go. The real pity is that you dip your hand in your pocket and you give something to that person. Say, if you have done that kind of thing to the poor, you have lent to the Lord. You can now imagine. If I will like to owe people in this church, I will consider people like uh, Gigi or, or all those people that have money. Because if you are owing those kind of people, <laughs> you know that you will receive it with addition. Praise the Lord. Or at least they will not fall your hand at the end of the day. Anybody that pity the needy or that pity the poor and consider them and give anything to them as lent to the Lord. And when we lend, they did not say he has, he has borrowed, he just borrowed. Borrow is different from lending. Praise the Lord. Or let me say, lending attracts additions, attracts interest. God will multiply, God will pay the person back. That means we have not lost it. Casting your bread upon the waters. What does the Bible say about it? Say after many days, it will bring you back. And it will not be in the same size. It will not be the same size that, that are put upon the waters. And the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So we are running to the end of it. So the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 12, 
Verse 4. It says, You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You will wonder, what am I bringing in again? There are a lot of temptations that have been coming our ways. And they will still keep coming. Because it is part of the journey. Praise the Lord. How many temptations you are able to overcome is being recorded for you. That's one thing we must know. At times we think, uh, this temptation comes, oh, uh, it's my weakness. I don't know how to do it. Anytime it happens, I just begin to talk. Uh, before I will have said uh, some rubbish thing before I realize it. They are checking you. And they are recording things for you. Because you are expected to grow. You are being nurtured. They said the owner of the vine, he came and he, he said, why does this one, why is he uh, cumbered the ground like this? He just growing leaves. There is no fruit. When will you bear fruit? Cut it down. The vine dresser said, please, allow it this one year. Let me till the ground around it. They are still tilling the ground. Vato said, they have given us another year. How will you spend this year? Are you going to do good works? Are you going to continue to allow or indulge yourself in all those sinful things that have been overcoming you, that you are saying they are overcoming you? When will you grow? The grace of God is abundant all around us. The grace of God is abundant. Why are you not beckoning? Why are you wasting the grace of God? And you are saying you cannot do without it. There is nothing we cannot do without. But we made us to understand that God do not permit any sin that we cannot overcome to come our way. Because he knows our makeup. So if you are indulging yourself in sin, he knows that you are indulging yourself and you are recording negative for yourself. Apart from the area of opening you up yourself for Satan. Praise the Lord. So, if you are able to resist sin, he says, this is the manner of resisting sin that he's talking about. Say, have you ever resisted sin to the point that blood was coming from your body? The kind, that kind of resistance, that blood is coming out from the body of somebody that I will not do it. Satan is saying, do it. He says, I will not do it. I will not do it. Praise the Lord. It is recorded concerning Joseph when he denied himself of having love affair with the wife of Potiphar. It will have been a, an executive. Don't let me say what I'm not supposed to say. Praise the Lord. It will have been something so glorious for him in that sense. But he denied himself of it. Have you resisted sin like that? If you are anyone that will overcome, the Bible says, whosoever overcome, will I do this? Will I a lot of promises? Those are the things that we are expected to overcome. It is being recorded for us in heaven. A part of laying treasures in heaven. The way we live our lives matters to God. How about forgiving others? Matthew 18, 21 to 22. He says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Praise the Lord. And we understand how that one works. This one is Padeo. Praise the Lord. Maybe they forget to write that Padeo. Just put it in your own mind. It's Padeo. Okay? So, 70 times 7 Padeo. 490. Okay? He did like this to me. When he's supposed to do like this. 
you record that one, number one. Maybe that one was 6 a.m. And then you continue and you are recording and you are recording like that. Maybe by 12 p.m., then everything comes to maybe 290. Then you drop that one. Then the following day, you begin again. You will not do any other thing. <laughs> what is that one equal to? That means it becomes 0.0000000. It's approximately what? Zero. That means there's nothing that anybody will do to us that we are not supposed to forgive. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to tell us. He says 70 times 7 times. That means as many times as anybody offend us, we are supposed to forgive. I'm not saying it is easy. But as not easy as it is, anyone that you are able to overcome, it is recorded for you. Praise the Lord. It does not mean that there is no reason for you to be offended. There will always be enough reason for us to be offended. Plenty of reasons. If when other people hear it, they will even join you to get angry with that person. But if you forgive, it will be recorded for you. You are laying treasures in heaven. How many people are you holding grudge against? May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. We are not supposed to even be appearing before God when we have somebody being locked up in our hearts. But we have been coming. May God have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. That means there's possibility of blotting anybody's name out of the book of life. If a person keeps indulging in all these things, there's nothing, anything goes. You are just allowing it. And you say you have laid the foundation. That means you are even desecrating the foundation. That's why the Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So you have to be careful so that your name will not be blotted out of the book of life. It is not once it is written, it is written. The moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we wear his righteousness, he has taken our sin. Our names are written in the book of life. But if we continue to indulge in all these things, instead of sending good things to heaven, we are spoiling things on the foundation. He said, the name can be blotted. It's a warning. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So, what are we saying in essence? Giving our lives to Christ. When I was talking about Cornelius the other time, all this one that we are talking about, laying treasures in heaven. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are not the one I've been talking to since morning. I've been talking to people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Please, if you are here, and you have not given your life to Christ, do not leave this place without accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So that your own will not be what it would have been for Cornelius if God did not send an angel to him. Maybe I'm your angel that God has sent today. Praise the Lord. Let's see the book of Romans, chapter 2, from verse 4 to 5. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Talking about the goodness of God to you. God that has given you life. In spite of the fact that he sent his son to come and die for your sins. The only thing that he allowed you to do is to just say, I accept that he's my Lord and my Savior. I agree 
that the death that he died, he died for me. He died in my place and he died for my sin. And your sins will be forgiven and you will be free. And your name will be written in the book of life. It's the goodness of God. He says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering that he has been waiting for you since all these days when they have been preaching the gospel to you and you have not listened and you have not bothered and you have been rationalizing? He said, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Anybody that refuses to accept Jesus Christ as his Savior is laying the treasure of wrath for himself in heaven. Please ask our heads about and let's begin to pray for yourself. I don't know what you have heard this morning. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please, just raise, your, raise up your hand wherever you are. They have to send an angel. It is so important that they have to send an angel from heaven to go and preach the gospel to Cornelius. Your goodness cannot take you to heaven. Your niceness, your piety, your own piety cannot take you to heaven. In fact, the Bible made us to understand that your righteousness is like filthy rag before God. It cannot take you anywhere. It is far, far below the standard of righteousness that God requires for any man to be reconciled to him. God is still beckoning to you this morning that, son, daughter, give your life to me. Say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can have rest. You can have rest from all the labor of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, he's knocking at the door of your heart. You can come to him now. The door of life is still open. His hand is outstretched still. And he's ready to receive you. Just run to the altar. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise this morning. Let's be on our feet. I want us to talk to God. Whatever you have heard this morning, just go before God and tell God, God, forgive me in every way that I've fallen short. This is the standard of God. This is the word of God that has come to us this morning. Just talk to God, Lord, in any way that I've fallen short, have mercy on me. He said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We have not come here to deceive ourselves. Just go before the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy on me. In every way that I've fallen short, in every of this word that I've heard this morning, Father, have mercy on me. Father, have mercy on me in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me to be conscious of laying treasures in heaven. In everything that I do, in all that I do in my life, help me to always be conscious of it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please help me put Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Just talk to God. Lord, help me to set my mind on things above and not on things on the earth. In the name of Jesus. Receive grace this morning. If you need grace to overcome sin, if you need grace to say no, every area that you need grace, if you have not been giving, if you have not been paying your tithe, ask God for mercy. If you have not been sowing, this is an opportunity, a lot of opportunities have passed you by. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for grace to be able to do it 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many have been doing well in many areas. Thank God for the grace of God upon your life in all the one that you have been doing and receive grace to continue to do more in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bless the name of the Lord. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Squarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 07-03-15-88404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you